Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, I'm Kirsty. <laughs> Kelsey. And it's time to hate watch with us. Kirsty just tried to indoctrinate me into a cult. <laughs> So I'm a little alarmed, but welcome to our show about the things we love and the things we hate and the things we love to hate. I'm just, we we needed some motivation. We needed to reframe the mental space that we share in this recording Ooh. session today. <laughs> Boy, so... um. We have a departure from the plan we told you about last week. And yeah. which we last week at this point is what, like a month ago? Who knows? Who knows? Um and a so departure, surprise it's, it. it's hate watch holidays. Bitches <laughs> 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 love a train joke. Bitches <laughs> love a train joke. Um yes, it's now hate watch holidays, and we will come back to the end of dad month with our mom yeah. at Heathrow airport. Yeah. Um, we will, but we didn't want to put off the holidays for that. Unfortunately, we have certain priorities. We do. And those include trains and time travel <laughs> and Christmas and Hallmark and Hallmark. <laughs> so we're back on our beat guys. <laughs> it's our time of year. Yeah. And today we're talking like good old fashioned Hallmark holidays. And we've got two movies that we slogged our way through for y'all. And we've got thoughts and regrets and <laughs> opinions. <laughs> all um, of the above. All of the above. So. What did we watch? So we watched The Nine Kittens of Christmas, and we watched <laughs> Next Stop Christmas. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and so this year, we had some statistics, and I wish that I had actually, like, brought them to this recording, because I do think it's interesting just from, like, a business perspective. Um, but we we read several articles when we were trying to decide what movies we were going to watch about just, like, the sheer fucking volume yeah. of Christmas movies this year, because everyone's in the game. I think Discovery Channel had one. Yeah. Um, like... Peacock has one. Peacock has them. I just got a new TV a couple months ago, and there's some kind of weird internal app for streaming, like, off-brand content. I don't know what the... I, like, have <laughs> no great. idea what the licensing situation is there, but the, the content that they have in there is absolutely, like, nothing that's getting distributed by, like, anybody. <laughs> and, like, they've got a whole Christmas section with, like, at least 100 movies... Sounds like prime candidates for score a hockey musical, to be honest. Yeah, truly, truly <laughs> the same caliber. <laughs> I still don't know how to use the TV because the TV that I've had for the last several years was purchased in 2008. So, like, I'm very much, like, new <laughs> She's to... like a boomer guy. <laughs> I'm, it's straight up like your grandma getting a new computer. Um, except TVs are convoluted. Anyway, I'll save my smart TV rant for another time. Um, oh, boy. But... 
anyway, I always end up on the screen when I'm trying just to open the app menu. Mm. And I almost low-key feel like Samsung, like, has an agenda with it. But it's not the Samsung TV app. It's, like, some even more knockoff app. Mm. Anyway, this is all to say that everyone is making Christmas movies now. Everyone. Hundreds of them. There's so many of them. It's, like, absolutely buckwild. So it took us a lot of work to determine how we were going to get to the movies we're going to watch this year. And these two rose to the top of the pile because we saw multiple tweets about the horniness of the nine kittens of Christmas, which just yep. was alarming. And then next stop Christmas, I think is very self-explanatory on this podcast because the plot involves trains and time travel. Right. And those are like pretty squarely in our wheelhouse. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yep. <laughs> Get a real house. I get it. Is that a train thing? <laughs> uh, it could be. <laughs> um, we're, so do you want to begin with the kittens? I think we should begin with the kittens because while it is a horny one, that's pretty much all there is to it. See, I, I disagree. <laughs> that In it's that, horny? No, it's not horny. It there there it's got some horniness. It has no horniness. There are so many suggestive glances. They are constantly <sighs> looking at each other in a suggestive manner, casting their eyes about the room. Like, cool it. Nobody tunes into Hallmark for eye fucking, especially in this boring of a movie. This movie blew so hard. <laughs> Also, that one kiss that Linda Holmes referred to as being a horny kiss was a very aggro kiss. I didn't know. I specifically watched what which kiss was it? Um, it was the one it was the one when what's her face? The like lead character finally kisses the love interest. They like see that was not noteworthy to me. See, there was more sucking in that one. (laughs) There was like some, they like, there was some real like piranha mouth and some head tilting. And then there was like some real like, wow, you know, back and forth sucking action. Wow. They're like lampreys. But kitten themed. (laughs) Maybe it was the kittens that blinded me, but I just, I couldn't. Well, because they're like... I think he, the male love interest, like, initiates the kiss, maybe. There's something, there's something towards the end, like, sometime around the Christmas party where something with the kittens happens and... He makes a banner and then she just, right. like, walks up to him and plants one on him and then that's, leaves. Yeah, that's what it is, because the banner is impressive somehow because he lacks ambition. And I mean, it's... It's more kiss than we've seen in previous Hallmark movies. And all I'm going to say about it, Kelsey, is that you are the one who kept saying, let Hallmark fuck. And I, listen, okay, you listen, let me finish. And I said, it was going to be a very bad idea to let Hallmark fuck. And I think that this kiss stands as proof that Hallmark can't be trusted to fuck. All I will say is 
Even whether I allegedly requested more fucking on Hallmark, allegedly. I certainly did not request any cats on Hallmark. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think. I just I just don't think that kissing on Hallmark is novel. It was a couple of years ago. I j- All I'm going to say is just either do it or don't. <laughs> but, but I don't think that this is a good example of the storytelling that would be required to get Hallmark to fuck. Oh, I don't think anyone was talking about storytelling. <laughs> <laughs> what this movie's about sure (laughs) get it over with get it over with it's about cats guys (laughs) see when kelsey says that this movie blew all she means is that she can't handle the idea of a cat i absolutely cannot i actually almost lost it in the first like 10 minutes of this film in which the main character brings her cat to someone else's house on vacation with her. I had so many questions about that because she was traveling from Miami to Oregon for like three days. Like, tell me you didn't fly your, like what veterinarian would be like, yes, it's a great idea to fly a cat across the country for like a short period of time. Cats love that. While her boyfriend was going to be back in Miami anyway. Like help. And if someone showed up to my home for a vacation with their cat, they would leave my home. <laughs> <laughs> like, no! My cat gets stressed if you, like, move her from one room to another against her will. Yeah, I cannot... there's no way your cat's getting on a plane and going to Oregon. I can't, like, what is the logic there? And presumably, based on the way this woman is talking about her cat, we're not talking about a young cat either. She's had this cat for a minute. Right. She has. Unbelievable. But it's not, it's not the special cat. Yeah, no, she had a cat, cat that cat. died that she liked even better. <laughs> this is like she's, the sloppy seconds cat. She's grieving. <laughs> she's grieving. <laughs> So this vet who lives in Miami goes back home to Bend, Oregon with her cat and her business partner is also her boyfriend and he's supposed to meet up with her there. But we all know that he's not going to meet up with her there. He's too invested in the business because he's ambitious. Right. See, now when she kissed him in like the first three minutes of this movie, I was a little rattled. I was like, what is Hallmark doing? Because mm. that I, was soon. I did think it was interesting that they were such a serious couple and that they framed them as being a happy couple if they were going to break them up. Yeah. Which like, obviously they were because they made out in the first three minutes of the movie. Right. right. Um, But still, it was just like... They don't usually if they're going to break them up, they don't make them seem happy. Right. So that was a choice. Um, Then where was I? So she's she's home in her hometown with staying with her sister and her sister's like charming little child and 
husband who we don't see. And then there's a fireman in the town. Yep. Who we're supposed to think is hot, but who I can't, I can't come around on. Not hot. Like, to the point that I'm not even interested in finding out how tall he is. No. Just, just no. Just an absolute mediocre white man. Like, might as well be 5'6". Who cares? (laughs) (laughs) And, um... There's some shit about the fire station, doesn't matter, but anyway. There's a bunch of, like, fire station bureaucracy that gets sprinkled into the plot, and it's unclear why. Yeah. And a box of abandoned cats arrives at the fire station, and he's like, what am I to do with all the cats that have arrived here? Because they he has a cat that lives at the fire station that he's attached to. Inexplicably, every person in this movie is a cat person, and statistically speaking, I don't buy it. No. There's no town on Earth where there is that high of a concentration of cat people. Right. So he's like, oh, I remember my ex-girlfriend who's in town is a vet. Great. And so they spend like the entire movie trying to rehome the nine cats that get named after the <laughs> the reindeer. Mm-hmm. Because there's nine of them. And so there's, like, so many sequences of them trying to wrangle the cats and being like, Rudolph, where are you? And it's like, oh, my God. (laughs) No one asked for cats. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then that's, like, it, is they find homes for all the cats. (laughs) There's, like, a Christmas party at one point. The whole thing is that, like, She's meant to be with this guy who she grew up with, who's the fireman. Yeah. And so the kittens, like, awkwardly reunite them. And then she's while she's home, she's like, oh, wow, in my very successful life in Miami, I have no time for work-life balance or my family. And I haven't been home in five years. And now I'm about to marry this guy who I started a practice with. But he's so ambitious that he made me forget <laughs> what's important in life. And so then they go to this Christmas party while she's, like, trying to figure out what to do about this fireman. And the her, like, business partner shows up to try to, like, win her back. And she's like, no, my family is important to me. Yep. And then she decides to move home and start a practice at home and date the fireman. And have, like, a hundred cats. And have all ten million cats. <laughs> There was a whole thing with starting a cat cafe for the express purpose of adopting out the cats, but, like... It was, like, a pop-up cat cafe. (laughs) But in my mind, they just, like, started a cat cafe instead of a practice. (laughs) Because, frankly, that would have been a more interesting plot. There's also this, like, like family building plot they tried to do, Mm. like, with her, her sister, because they're... Like, 30-something orphans, which is, like, a trope we see a lot Mm -hmm. on Hallmark. And they discover an advent calendar, (laughs) because of course they do. (laughs) And it's from their mom from years ago, and they just never found it before until today. And they open it like it's like such a thing like they constantly go back and they're like we're gonna open another thing on the advent calendar and every single time it's just another christmas themed charm to a charm bracelet that 
their mom once had. And I'm like, I don't. I have to I tell don't. you, I 1000% missed this plot. <laughs> because it's nothing. I didn't clock this at all. <laughs> it leads nowhere. And like, at least on the evergreen one where they had the yes. giant advent calendar, there was like fun stuff in the advent calendar yeah. but like i don't want a charm that doesn't even connect to anything in my advent calendar every day Who kept the bracelet give me chocolate <laughs> <laughs> my mom and i were just talking because uh, we both have advent calendars for my child and we put toys in them as well as candy so like every day there's something slightly different in there yeah and my kid has been disappointed by a couple of the things. <laughs> like this morning, she pulled out, I think it, I think there was like a small car and some chocolate, but she's already gotten cars. And so she pulled it out and she looked at them in her hands. She looked back up, hopefully, and she goes, is that all that's in there? And so my mom and I were talking about this. And I was like, look, not to sound like an old man yelling at clouds or anything but when i was a kid advent calendars were that were cardboard and they were that waxy milk chocolate stuff and they all had nativity scenes on them and that was yep. what you got every single day of the month and you were thrilled with it <laughs> this child doesn't even know how good she has it it's time to start giving her my mother's famous speech of sometimes at Christmas you don't get what you want, but you have to say thank you anyway. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, relatable content. That's really funny. Oh. Um. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, um, and then there's like this C plot where there's like this old guy who's the chief yeah. of the fire station and he has a wife and he has to retire to save their marriage because they've drifted apart because he's so committed to his work in the community. But then it's important because he gives the chief position to the fire guy who has no ambition, which makes the vet lady fall in love with him because now he has some ambition. It was like a real feat for them to spend this entire movie and not make it clear to me whether or not the fireman was related to the fire chief or not. Yes. Yes. Literally no idea. It took no me idea. the longest time. <laughs> because there's also the the fire chief has his daughter working at the station and yeah. the way that she interacts with the fireman, I just thought they were brother and sister. And then the fireman goes to their house to do, like, help them decorate the tree. And it's, yeah. like, a tradition. And so yeah. I'm like, what? Who Who are you to these people? I, Clearly, every I small understand. town fire station, the chief and the captain are, like, family. Sure. Sure. Um, yeah. The I also just want to call out, I don't know if you caught this, but there's, um, at the sister's house... She has the most god-awful porch swing I've ever seen in my life. No, I did not see the porch swing at all. Like, despite them not getting a Christmas tree until the last second, inexplicably, Yeah, her whole porch area was decorated, and it had, like, it was like a porch swing that instead of a frame, it had these big baubles all around oh it. Oh my god. <laughs> it looked like a mall, like, set Santa setup, but it was a porch That's swing horrifying. somehow. It was really bad. It was just... Do you ever... I think about yikes. this every year, but I thought about it extra watching the movies this year. But do you ever wonder what the, like, Hallmark set decor warehouse looks like? 
All the time. Do you remember <laughs> um, when we watched earlier this year um, Design Star? And they had, like, that whole staging warehouse that they could use for each of their challenges. Wow. <laughs> I didn't remember that was this year, but yeah. I, I'm about... pretty sure it was this year. I think it was I early it was. in the year. We were really upset about it. We, it was awful. <laughs> I just imagine, like, three warehouses like that just full of, like, 20-foot candy canes. And, oh, like, absolutely. You know, absolutely. like, massive plastic mall bobbles. The entire Balsam Hill catalog. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, and just, like, the infinite smell of, like, insulation and warehouse juice and peppermint mm-hmm. and cinnamon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I did learn for work reasons this week that you can buy, like, a 10-gallon bucket of fake snow that you, like, activate with water. Oh, yeah, I've seen that stuff. So that's going to be fun for me, but I imagine they have a lot of that. <laughs> yeah. Do you get to play lot. with it? I've always wanted to play with it. It looks fun. Yeah, I'm going to order some. It's oh, be cool. Great. I want some. <laughs> Just Amazon you some. <laughs> I didn't know that was a dream move. <laughs> I love sensory things. <laughs> My child would be fucking thrilled. Can oh you imagine God, the right. chaos? I'm gonna send you some. Oh, Don't God. worry about it. <laughs> my husband's gonna divorce us both. Yep. Anyway, um, anyway, that's the nine kittens of Christmas. It sucked, and it wasn't as horny as we were promised on the internet. Yeah, I don't know who it was for. Like, there's so many of these movies that it's hard to find the ones that stand out because so many of them operate on this same level which is like you could pay so little attention to them and still follow them yeah which means that there's really nothing happening yeah i mean i was i was doing crafting i was crafting a a present for somebody and so i wasn't looking at it the whole time which i think is why i entirely 100 percent missed the charm bracelet thing i mean i mean but like (laughs) it's forgettable yeah but like I, we, I got the major points. They picked out a Christmas tree at some point. They made hot cocoa. I don't think they ever made cookies though. No. It's just a a reminder that like the machine is just churning out things so cheaply and for the sole purpose of getting you to watch advertising that like they don't even really care about what they're producing. And no. I'm sure the people who worked on this project would have their feelings hurt by hearing that. But like. <laughs> Let's be real about the script that you got had the opportunity to build out here, folks. It really doesn't seem practical to just have that many cats in a film, though. No, I cannot. I thought about that all the time. Like, being the animal trainer who was responsible for those kittens, that must have sucked. Yeah. I I fucking love kittens, man. Like I'm a cat person. I think kittens are great. I would never want to be in a room with more than two kittens at a time. No. They're such troublemakers. And they have such sharp little claws. Like they're such feral creatures. I just want to tell everyone in the Nine Kittens of Christmas to try a dog. <laughs> We've had dog Hallmark movies and they're just as bad. 
Okay, but there wouldn't be the nine puppies of Christmas, so. (laughs) I did think the number nine was going to play a bigger role because nine is, they were just so specific about it. It's it because it like, was all the reindeer. There was nine like reindeer. the of Christmas. I guess. I don't know. I don't know why the kittens weren't part of the advent calendars. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been funnier if the kittens like ate the advent calendar and the vet had to do surgery to get all the little charms out of their little kitten bellies. Wow. <laughs> Took a turn. <laughs> would that have been more fun for who? <laughs> Kittens are cute. Let's slice them open. <laughs> that be good. What is in the holiday spirit? Because <laughs> she's watched one too many Everwoods. That's what really happened here. <laughs> Wow. I just wanted to go on record that I'm not the one who was calling for kitten murder. <laughs> I didn't know it was a murder. We don't know. We don't know what would have happened. I'm suggesting we do because she's a very accomplished veterinarian. She started her own practice, Kelsey. Oh my God. Because she's ambitious. She had to call in Miles from Miami to come help. Talk oh my god that would have been a more interesting love triangle because he comes back so the, her, her fiance whatever he is he comes back and he's like we'll get a weekend doctor and then you can have work-life balance and that's his whole grand romantic gesture he's like we'll get someone else to be on call so yeah actually calling her fiance from miami to do emergency surgery on these kittens would have been more compelling (laughs) oh my god well well that took a turn (laughs) unreal absolutely unreal (laughs) oh my god all right well, <laughs> I'm like literally crying. That was so. It's <laughs> the funniest thing Hallmark has ever done. <laughs> Far slow. Kirsty wants to maul in this movie. <laughs> More emergency surgery. <laughs> Let's go. Actually, that is a major plot point in this film. It is? Oh, I, I guess. Is, yeah. yeah. What a segue. <laughs> so the movie we... Uh, the movie we other watched... The other movie... <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, Lord. Oh, okay. The other movie we watched <laughs> was about trains, and it's called Next Stop Christmas. And this one was one of the, like, 
really early season Hallmark movies, which made me think it was going to be worse than it was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It came out in like early, early November. And usually those are the ones that they're like, they don't feel confident in. Mm-hmm. They just want to get them out of the way to get to the good stuff. Mm-hmm. But I liked Next Stop Christmas. <laughs> I loved it. I thought this one was fun. It was fun, and I f- feel like the writing was good. And can I say something? Absolute two insane things, two absolutely buck wild things. I mean, we we're already at that level. So <laughs> keep, keep it rolling. <laughs> the first one is that there was actually chemistry yeah. among the cast. And, like, among almost all of them, like, everyone, like, really gelled, which, like, yeah. I haven't seen in a Hallmark movie in a while. Ever? Yeah. I don't want to, like, put too strong of a point on either side of that, but, like, I don't know if I could name you a Hallmark movie where there was chemistry. One movie. Huh. One movie. The one, the first Vermont one we ever watched. Is that the chef they've one? Got the, yeah. I think there was chemistry in the chef one. Okay. But it, like, felt like the whole cast was having fun. Yeah. In this one. And the other Buckwild thing is that a lot of the dialogue and banter felt borderline natural. Like, especially when they were trying to be dry, which, like, they always... Hallmark is always writing characters to be sort of dry and witty, and they Mm -hmm. never do it well. And part of it is because they're too earnest and part of it is because they're too cheap. And that's yeah. definitely still at play here, except yep. that the actress who played the lead, like, actually is a little dry. Yeah. I don't know if it's, like, the obviously this industry <laughs> of Christmas movies has grown. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's, like, Hallmark has some money to throw at better writers. I don't know if better writers are coming to Hallmark. That could be. As a, you know, as a result of that, or they're just in general getting better talent. I don't know. Or I don't know if they're more willing to take risks. It definitely felt a little movies. experimental. Yeah. Which but, is unfortunate because it does also mean that, or at least open the door for them to do another train time travel movie, which <clears throat> last year they did two time travel movies, right? I think so. And they were, you, I don't think I ended up watching them. I think you ended up watching them. You watched the at least one of them. The only time travel one I remember was one about, they went back, yes, I watched it last year. It was and you about told me not w- to watch it. Somebody went back to, like, the 1800s in some, yes. it was like a living history museum. And yeah. then they went back in time to, like, when there was some noble person, not sure. noble person, whatever, some rich guy living in this building. And then she fell in love with the guy who lived in the building in the past, and then he came to the future. It was one of the worst things I've ever seen, and I watched Nine Kittens of Christmas. So, Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, you know, that's the one sad thing when these, like, early season ones go well. It just gives Hallmark more ammo to be like, let's redo that one. Let's do that one again. Well, I also wonder, like, are we know they have, like, these house actors they go back yeah. to. That's got to be true of every element of their yes. like production model so like are we just waiting for some old blood to like move aside yeah so like i guess we just have to keep doing this investigative journalism for, <laughs> for y'all this is why you have people on the beat because we watch 
<laughs> we watch for the emerging trends. Yeah. We stay on top of it. Mm-hmm. I also, like... I'm not willing to say that either of the men in this movie were hot, but they no. were attractive. Correct. That's absolutely correct. And this never happens because it's always too much of a given. But I was rooting for the guy she ended up with. Yeah. It was, was like, it, it was good, is what we're saying. And, like, it was formulaic <laughs> because they all are. Mm-hmm. But, like... They, I think, did a good enough job of stringing you along that, like, I knew what the end game was going to be, but at any given point, I didn't totally know where these turns were going. Like, they actually managed to squeeze in a couple of plot twists. Yeah. That I wasn't expecting. And it's because they had a decent understanding of how to use time travel to their advantage. Right. Like, we had fun along the way to get to this point. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. I thought it was really fun. And it was, like, such a pleasant surprise to, like... Because, like Kelsey said, they're all really the same. They're, yeah. You know, it's just a deep sea of the same movie mm-hmm. where, like... Yeah. And this one, like, actually had a couple of defining characteristics, which was fun! It was fun. You love so to m- see it. More of this. <laughs> yeah, let's do more of this. Let's have some fucking fun with these movies if we're gonna make 9,000 of them every year. If we could get Julie Walters on the train. Oh, my God. That like, would have been so much more fun than Christopher Lloyd. I was happy to see him, but I yeah, was I mean, also, like, no offense like, to him, but, like... Who's bringing him out in a panini to do this movie? <laughs> like, no kidding. <laughs> Honestly, I saw his name in the credits, and I was like, oh, hey, bud. And then I saw him on screen and was like, shit, he's old. He's old. He's old. And, like, I should have seen that coming somehow, but I just didn't. I loved that this movie for literally no one was like, let's do a Back to the Future riff. (laughs) Like, put Leah Thompson and Christopher Lloyd in a movie about time travel. Why? No one asked for it. Sure, 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 sure. But honestly, he was great. He was so good. He was so, so, so good. Yeah, I think the casting overall was like, they nailed it. Mm -hmm. They nailed it on every character. Yes. They even felt, like, correct for the personas that they were. Yeah. The which only... is not always the case with Hallmark. Right. The only sibling I'll quibble... Or sibling, I just gave it away. The mm-hmm. only character I'll quibble Agreed. with is the sister. Agreed. And she, like, in, a, in what is a fairly well-written, like, cast of characters, she was very, like... She felt like a cardboard cutout of, like... Yeah. Yeah. What a woman and a young mother is supposed to want and sound like and act like. Yeah. 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 She was really like forcing those fake tears to. Oh, my God. To, to happen. So much. <laughs> why? Why has Hallmark been so invested in people with fertility problems recently? I mean, I saw I, that came out sounding like a little harsher than I meant. But like, we've just had a lot of reproductive stories in these Hallmark movies recently. Yep. And it's it's an interesting emerging trend. I'm noticing a lot of like orphaned thirty somethings. Yeah. Um, thirty somethings who are divorced once already. Yeah. And panic around that. Lots of divorce panic. Which is like second wave divorce <laughs> panic. The backlash <laughs> to the backlash. Yeah. And and this like yeah, this like fertility conversation. Yeah. Which is interesting. I just, 
I'd like to know like what what's driving it on Hallmark side. Like what is the feedback that they're getting in their like focus groups and consumer marketing like research? I don't I don't wanna assume that it's this like malicious, but I wonder if they could sell some ads for some pharmaceuticals <laughs> that way. I, there's there's a market force behind it, right? Like mm-hmm, Hallmark doesn't mm-hmm. make these movies just from the kindness of their heart. So right. Right. there's data that they're working with. Yep. That informs which scripts get greenlit. Or like which elements need to be put into certain scripts, right? Yeah. Like yeah. I don't think they're these aren't being like pitched to them, I don't think, like constantly. I think they're no. saying, okay, how do we fit xyz thing into as many things as possible sure. or how yeah, do we yeah, work yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah how many different stories can we come up with that incorporate like one of these, these elements or whatever because yeah. i think it's it's noteworthy too that the two movies we're pairing in this particular episode also have like career woman goes back to childhood boyfriend mm-hmm. which like i know that's a trope on hallmark but like two in a row <laughs> there's other tropes you know right um right. and like this return to hometown to realize you need work-life balance is also a trope except the particular way they did it in both of these is like much more aligned than they sometimes are yeah so i don't know i i think it's there's like a lot of thematic elements between these two that make me think that they have like someone in their like marketing pr department who's on trend watch who like made specific decisions about the 2021 themes well yeah and because it's the first year no maybe not the second year they've been able to produce pandemic content like right right they're gonna lean into like being together with family is more important than my career and work-life balance is important like they're gonna lean into that stuff because that's like zeitgeisty I had that thought about like the work-life balance stuff in particular like these people who get away from work for like a minute and then realize that work doesn't have to define them. Like, mm-hmm. that's always been a theme, but it felt like they were more ham-fisted about it. And I know that that's, yeah, it's very zeitgeisty. It's a thing that's been talked about a lot <laughs> recently. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Hallmark Trend Watch. Trend Watch. Okay, so this movie is about a overworked surgeon who can't come home for christmas and doesn't really want to come home for christmas she's a neurosurgeon at that which is like a fun crossover we didn't know we needed yeah and there's we learned that she used to date the sports commentator who's like made it big and um she and her parents have divorced recently and so that's part of why she doesn't really want to go home and then she runs into, like, a childhood friend at the bar on Christmas Eve, I think. Yeah. One yep. of these days. <laughs> and she finds out that he's doing, like, corporate law and he was supposed to be a family lawyer. And she's, like, rattled about his life choices for some reason. And, that like, he's been living in New York with her and hasn't gotten in touch with her. And then she decides to... She goes home. Yep, she's she just trying to get to go on, like, the train. the train to go home. Yep. And she can't get a ticket, and so she has to go to the ticket booth, and the ticket booth is the magical time travel ticket booth. So she gets on a 
on her regular train and then it transforms into a like <laughs> themed steam train <laughs> and it takes her back in time to her hometown <laughs> 10 years ago right yes and her when she wakes up on the magical theme train her the sports commentator is there yeah and so yeah. she like starts off very alarmed because she's like what is happening but she learns that she's in 2011 yeah um he's wearing a turtleneck i wrote down turtleneck alert <laughs> just for you. i will i would like to lodge my first gripe which is that for going back to 2011 the fashion is not nearly aughts enough for me they didn't do any time relevant fashion no you're right i think it's like it's on the verge of like how different could it be but yeah there should have been at least one sweater tunic instead of footless leggings with knee-high suede boots, is all I'm saying. Okay, yeah. Winter in New England in 2011, like, where yeah. was the chunky belt? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'll give you that. <laughs> where was her North Face jacket? <laughs> Not a single peacoat. All of the peacoats had asymmetric zippers. That was not a yep. thing in 2011 that anyone cared about. True. It was all about the buttons. Wow. <laughs> this is very specific about 2011's <laughs> fashion. <sighs> um, yeah, so we're in Connecticut now. And I, I liked how when, when she got... When she got to Connecticut, she was like, we're in Connecticut and was like horrified, which is the correct reaction correct. to anyone who arrives That's in Connecticut. That's the correct feeling. <laughs> um, they also had some really good train stock footage. Yes, I agree with that. It was like, it was good. It good, good shit. Um, <laughs> I also, I wrote down a lot of conversations <laughs> about the train, apparently. But at one point she's talking about some place they pass and she goes they built a mini mall there years ago <laughs> and, and all i could think of was that video from 2009 2008 with the guy who dances about his his furniture warehouse and he's like it's just like a mini mall <laughs> <laughs> And that's all I could think of. So that that felt appropriate, if nothing else. Yeah. Um. So she gets to her parents' house. I had a a gripe about her reaction to seeing her her like favorite dog just <laughs> running around because uh -huh. I was like, why is she not weeping? Yeah, she should have freaked out way more. She, I know at that she point, she, like, picks like, him up and she's like, oh, hey, you're alive. I, at that point, she was, like, more settled um, into the time travel bit. But I agree. She should have, like, been way more emotional about that. Right? Like, a dog should have created a bigger emotional reaction. I think so. So then we, we run into, I believe at some point, we run into Ben, the family friend. But correct me if I'm missing things along the way, because my notes get a little spotty, because I was enjoying it. <laughs> the family friend shows up, like, early. Like, almost right away. And then he ends up doing every single thing with the family. 
Yeah. Like, he inexplicably doesn't seem to have his own family, so he just, like, tags onto her family, and the explanation is that he's a family friend and they grew up together. And I have to say, I there's a lot of people in my life who I, like, grew up with, and we didn't do holidays together. The explanation is that his grandparents raised him or something, so he's, like, a Christmas orphan. Okay. And she specifically, this was alarming to me... I know we said the writing was okay, but <laughs> okay, <laughs> alarming to me. All things need to be relative. So before we go any further, I just want you all to think about what we said about this movie and then adjust your expectations according to the Hallmark yeah. scale. Yeah. We're not talking about this movie compared to all other movies. No, no. All right, continue. Um, thank you. <laughs> that was important. Yeah. Um, as she's explaining to the sports commentator from... 10 years ago (laughs) who this guy is she's like oh yeah his grandparents raised him so my parents are like his parents question mark question mark question mark question mark question mark mark. exclamation point help (laughs) help (laughs) so you want to marry your faux brother yeah cool yeah. Um, at some point, she tells Ben, the family friend, that she's from the future. And yeah. she literally does, like, a real classic, like, I'm from the future. And it's great. Yeah. <laughs> that whole scene, I thought, was played really well. Yeah. Because there's no... And, and they have, like, funny banter. Like They do have funny banter. Go- they were, like, cute good. together. They were, like, believable as people who had, mm-hmm. like, known each other for a long time. Yeah. I also appreciate that this movie this movie didn't go about being like, hey, these people have known each other for a long time by putting an awkward exposition. Like normally it would be like these two characters have known each other for a long time and you know that because the man is now going to say to the woman, Hey, remember this really specific and topical thing from second grade and you did this other really specific thing, which is like not how people talk. They like yeah. just did it by having natural chemistry and putting in a couple of like heartfelt touches like the frosty box right right yeah um do you do you want to talk about the frosty box is that like are we a at good the place frosty to go box? i don't know my notes get like so where are we in the plot so spotty. she she says she's from the future she gets okay so she like goes back she meets up with her family she's still piecing everything together and she's starting to like slowly figure out how where people are at in 2011 informs where they are in her sense of time so she's like oh everyone's happy and they're having a great time together and i love being in the past and then five minutes later her parents are being passive aggressive with each other and she's like hmm this is suspicious yeah, because yeah. I know that all of these things are about to happen. Um, so she there's a lot of like palling around and just like piecing things together. So she like pals around at the Santa's workshop where her childhood best friend is playing Santa. And that's where she tells him that she's from the future. And then yep. she the whole thing, the point of it is that in order to return to the present, she has to right a wrong and when she writes the wrong, yes. the round trip yes. ticket yes. will like, it's like faded. So it's only half the ticket. So they can't accept it. And when she figures it out all the way, the ticket will be, will look normal. And that's how she'll know it's time to go back. 
So it's the she, same as the Back to the Future picture that goes away and then gets <laughs> filled in again. Sure, sure. Same, same plot device. Okay. So, so she's she's like talking to her childhood friend about it, Ben, and she's like, "The only thing I can think of that I could do differently is that." On this trip 10 years ago, the sportscaster proposed to me and I said no. And so this time I have to say yes, clearly. Yeah. But the, like, dramatic irony of it all is that we are all set up to know that she's supposed to dump the sportscaster and get with her old friend. Right. So then there's all these hijinks and situations to, like, it's, like, her trying to figure out how to get to the proposal and also, she's, like, seeing the cracks forming in her parents' marriage, so she's, like, trying – she, like, hatches a plan at some person's Christmas party to recreate the Christmas party that they met at so that they could, like, remember that they love each other. It's a parent trap. <laughs> it's a real parent trap situation. And she knows from the future that her sister and brother-in-law are going to have fertility issues with their second child and then adoption issues. And so she's, like, trying to drop hints with them for how they can, like, have an easier time with adoption, I guess. Because she keeps thinking that, like, it's the proposal and the proposal doesn't fix it. So she thinks she, thinks she has to fix her parents' marriage. And that doesn't help. So then she's like, okay, it's my relationship with my sister, and that doesn't help. Yep. And then we finally get to the point where she somehow realizes that it's, that she's supposed to be with Ben. Well, because, the, so, she, so first of all, she gets to the proposal dinner that she remembers from 10 years ago, and he doesn't propose. He tells her right. he's gotten the newscaster job. Yep. Which is, like, this huge disappointment, and she can't figure out why it was wrong. Yeah. And then he does a surprise proposal in a different <laughs> scenario that she wasn't ready for, so she says yes. It's during a snowball fight, and then his proposal <laughs> includes the line, I want us to go on forever, like the Patriots in 07. <laughs> yeah, hell. And, like, wh where has that writing ever been on Hallmark, though? <laughs> it's good. It's not bad like we're having fun we're all having fun here she, there's saying. also like, um another uh there's another line after she tells ben that she's from the future where she says something about how the giants win the super bowl and he's like no way against the pats and she's like yeah but it's not pretty yeah <laughs> and so it's like okay someone from new england yeah yeah 100 percent, 100 percent um and that right there guys is the sum total of my football knowledge <laughs> i kept up with that one but not by will right um yeah so so then she says yes and then um continues to interfere with everyone's lives and i think it's like somewhere somewhere around this time is when he gives her the frosty box and is like there's like something in there she's never read and then she reads it and realizes he's in love with her and then it's like surprise she's in love with him and just didn't know it somehow right so she breaks up with the newscaster and professes and it's like even though that he's proposed and she's accepted his proposal they're just like okay see you later <laughs> yeah she's like you know you just really work too much and he's like well we can we can make it work like you'll have a career and i'll have a career and it'll be good times and she's like no i really care about my family it's not you you have a really good future ahead of you and he's like oh okay 
<laughs> and they end as friends and get closure. <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> um, and so she professes her love and the ticket comes back. And then inexplicably, she like, they like force her onto the train so she can't like say goodbye to Ben. But then when she goes back to the future, it turns out they've been together for the whole last 10 years and she just like has no memory of it. Yep. Which is casual. Which is wild. <laughs> um, but like, that's fine. That I can suspend my disbelief for Hallmark. The thing I want to know, I can, so the explanation that they give is, so she goes to the restaurant, they meet up. And she's, like, reorienting herself to time. And he says something, and she's like, oh, my God, yeah, I remember that. It's all coming back to me now, and that's what's going to, like, trigger her memories of the last 10 years in the new timeline. Mm-hmm. Fine, I get it. The thing that I still don't understand, though, is that does Ben, in 2021, remember that she was a time traveler in 2011? Right. Like, right. how how do they overwrite the memories of what got them onto the current timeline or do they just remember the time travel i don't i don't think you can you can push these plot holes (laughs) i think the whole thing falls apart (laughs) yeah 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 the speaking of things that fall apart can i give my biggest quibble of the whole damn movie of course you can okay so In the original 2021 timeline, her parents are divorced. Yeah. And so she goes back to 2011, and her parents are spending a lot of time apart. Because now that the kids are grown, they just don't know how to connect. Yeah. So she plans this Christmas party to recreate the party where they met. And they have a very romantic evening, and they go home and slow dance in front of the Christmas tree. And they have exposition where they are like... I feel romance towards you again. Yes. <laughs> and, it's verbatim. And then she goes back to the, the new present, the new 2021, and she calls them and her parents are still married. And she's like, Dad, you're there. And he goes, for Christmas? And... So they didn't get divorced because one time they had a nice evening and that was enough to fix all the problems in their marriage. Like they slow danced one time and he (laughs) at one point he like he says to her, like, you know how hard it is for me to open up. Like, okay, so you went to a Christmas party instead instead of getting a therapist and that saved your marriage. (laughs) Do you know the Concord gets you there in half the time? There's no difference. It's the same. It's the it's same. It's exactly the same. Except with time travel. There's no time travel in the parent trap. No, but I'd I'd welcome that rewrite. <laughs> Can we get a train? It actually would be like perfect for a time travel plot. It would. It does lend itself to time travel. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Um Yeah. Yeah. I think that's pretty much the movie. I did. I did laugh. Where like her realization that she loves Ben is literally her just shouting, "I love Ben! I love Ben! I love Ben!" 
okay. and then her sisters or her mom or whoever was around her is like yeah we've known that your whole life yeah and she's like i love that <laughs> we also got effects time travel special effects yes we did mm-hmm. yeah so i guess our our consensus here is don't watch Nine Kittens for Christmas. Definitely watch Next Stop Christmas. If there were more movies like Next Stop Christmas, then I would be way more invested. Yeah. Doing doing this, like, I still love doing Hate Watch Holidays, but, like, I've started to feel a little jaded just because there are so many mm-hmm. that are Nine Kittens of Christmas style. Yeah. Yeah, I was really happy to have something different. And it's, yeah. like, each platform seems to have their own version of like the nine kittens of christmas style and so when something it doesn't take a lot for something to elevate a little bit higher than that but like when it does you're like oh that's actually kind of fun i think it needs to be like a little unhinged i think that might be like the secret i think when it's like trying to be too too formulaic and too polished and too like whatever I can't, I don't know. There's something else I'm not putting my finger on here. Um, But that's when it falls into some of the traps that make (laughs) it... Too Christian? Too Christian. (laughs) Um, And, like, too empty about Christmas as, like, a symbol and a ritual. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because there's so... Like, this movie did it a little bit, but this movie didn't lean on, like, baking cookies. And, like, there were a couple of tree-getting sequences, but they were incidental. Yeah. And, like, there was a Christmas party, but it was also kind of incidental. It wasn't like, you know, we have to do these, like, five Christmas things because that's all we know about Christmas. And then we'll just make up a plot that goes with it. It was like, no, there's a plot and it just happens to occur around Christmas time. Right. Like, we didn't so much have a Christmas deadline as we had a train deadline. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and like, this movie, I I almost want to c- create, like, a an unhinged Christmas spectr- spectrum where the princess switches would be at the <laughs> highest end of the spectrum. Like, <laughs> no spoilers, but Christmas uh, princess switch. <laughs> I don't know how to not but not quite as not quite as high up Uh and then (laughs) and then i don't know there'd be like a couple others and then like most of the hallmark movies would be at the furthest end of the unhinged spectrum which i guess would mean hinged is this a quadrant system because i'm thinking it it sounds more like a quadrant system yeah 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 um and this one would be comfortably in like the upper 50% but not like fully unhinged it's just like enough unhinged to be a little fun if if full unhinged and like like um <laughs> the unhinged atheism side <laughs> is like the corner where prince princess switch lives and then <laughs> The, like, extremely hinged Christian side is, like, the opposite. This I is almost think you have in, to like... make it, like, a 3D graph because you also need, <laughs> you need another side of it that's, like, fun. Like, unhinged. It's, like, unhinged to hinged, atheist to Christian, and fun to no fun. You know? Because there's, like, some of that at play, too. Because, like, so, I'm not going to name names here, but some of the Princess Switch movies are more fun than others. <laughs> agreed, agreed. <laughs> 
my mind, this is in the upper right for whatever that's worth. <laughs> Plus the dimension that makes it fun, but I don't know how 3D graphing works. So. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Someone knows about math. Somebody who knows us. about math, please make me this graph, and I will give you all of the bullet the um, data points that you need. Yeah, yeah we're gonna figure this out. I can provide you data if you can do the modeling. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, next we're either going to be discussing. We don't know. Um, what is time? What is time? We're gonna watch Princess Switch. Three, yep. With the Thought Bubble crew, or yep. you'll we'll be getting be a Thought Bubble Christmas special at some point here. Castles, yeah. Castles are our other option. Yep. There's going to be a castle Christmas, a castle for Christmas, a, a Christmas, Christmas castle, castle. <laughs> a princess for castle Christmas. <laughs> what did they... <laughs> some grab bag of castle themed Christmas yeah. films? Yep. yep. Um, and or. A Christmas switch switched at Castle. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if we're going to watch anymore, but we, if you have anything that you need us to watch, this is the time to tell us right yes. now. Yeah, because we were, we have like one more slot for the holiday yep. season. Um, and so we have a little flexibility, but we are going to be doing our prep in like the next week or so. And also, if there's anything for early in the year, get that request in now because early January is slotted. Yeah. It's like we have plans. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you're looking for more content from us that is not holiday related, you should check out the Everwood Pinecast because we are like halfway through season two of yep. Everwood over there and releasing weekly episodes which is why we've been so behind on this podcast <laughs> mostly weekly <laughs> hey the holiday real. doesn't count <laughs> um yeah so we'll have that wrapped up in a couple weeks but you should check it out if you want more treat dad yeah emergency surgery on <laughs> kittens in your content <laughs> uh, i don't think there's been a single kitten in Everwood so far. Rightfully so. <laughs> it's not really an animal-centric show, is it? No, we had the deer episode, though. We had the deer. We had a bear. Yeah, we've had a dog here and there. Did we have a dog? Yes, Will had a dog, remember? And then when Will was in the mining accident and they had to do emergency mine <laughs> oh, surgery, then yeah, Ephraim right. took the dog. <laughs> and then Ephraim took the dog, and that's how Will became his piano teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, this is uh, your teaser for the Everwood yeah. Pinecast, so go find it wherever you find podcasts. I almost said Pinecast. <laughs> Compelling, isn't it? <laughs> go find it wherever you find Pinecasts. Um, and if you want to tell us about what movies to watch or tell us that you loved Nine Kittens of Christmas and hated <laughs> Next Stop Christmas, <laughs> you can do that on Twitter at HateWatchWithUs or visit HateWatchWithUs at gmail.com. Nope. You can email us there. You can visit hatewatchlist.com. <laughs> we have a box somewhere on there where you can submit comments. I don't know. And you can also choose chaos and leave us your comments in a review on Apple Podcasts. You only get to leave comments, though, if you do four stars or above. Agreed. If it's That's under four stars, no notes. You've no said notes. all you need to say. <laughs>
So we mentioned that we have some friends over at the Thought Bubble Audio Network. We will be releasing a Christmas-themed episode with them about a Princess Switch film of some form or another. Mm -hmm. Um, That'll be coming soon. And um, if you want to learn more about those folks before you hear us talking with all of them, you can find them over at the Thought Bubble Audio Network. I already said that. And that is at Thought Bubble FM on Twitter. thoughtbubbleaudio.com you can email them at thoughtbubbleaudio at gmail.com and you can also search for them at patreon if you want to support small independent podcasts and christmas yeah yeah um well that's it i guess that's it that's the show (laughs) folks somehow (laughs) and we'll be doing more christmas at you shortly yeah thanks for joining us Bye. Bye.